Good afternoon, everyone. This is Raz's football show. Um, today we're going to be talking about football and um, how the things went so far this week. Great news. Great news has happened this week. A lot of stuff has happened. Again, um, just like to mention the fact that West Ham are not going to be relegated this season. So congratulations to all Hammers fans. Um, it's a it's been a great revival for them to. Um, get the season back on track in the last few games. They have shown the qualities that they actually do have and it, it absolutely shows that they can actually do well in the league and they're, to be honest, in my opinion, I think they're mid, mid-table team at least, you know, and being in the bottom half of the table is not a true reflection of their team and the way the team plays. So obviously it was quite a, a little bit of a shock when we saw them quite further low, further down the league table and it was a bit worrying for David Moyes, but he's managed to pick them guys up and, you know, Antonio showed, you know, that he's a pretty good goal scorer and he can do the job on his own up front. So, yeah, it's been great. And it's a um, great thing, great, great thing to add as well that um, Mark Noble got his 500th um, uh, league appearance for West Ham uh, or was it a 500th appearance for West Ham. So, again, massive achievement. Well done to him as well. That's great, great, great. Um, yes, lots, lots to talk about. I mean, we're going to get Bav on later on in the show as well and to continue our conversation about how things have gone so far this season and what's what's to come. Yep, we saw that um, the loss that Liverpool had against Arsenal. Man, I was shocked. That was just a shocking performance by Liverpool, to say the least. You know, a team of them, that the calibre of players that they have, for them to do that... You know, to lose two goals um, against um, Arsenal, just unacceptable. You know, unacceptable. It was just, you know, especially when you're a one nil up, to to lose two goals like that. You know, one Van Dijk mistake and the other, um, again, mistake by the the other player. I can't even remember now because I got so annoyed. It's just, just the errors keep on coming, and it just seems like they they're not bothered. They're not bothered. I mean, hey, if I was in that team, I would want to get 100 points. I want to get as many points as possible to show the world that, yes, we are here to win the league again next season. They're not showing that to anyone. Right now, what, what Liverpool's showing right now is that they've won the league, they've achieved it, and that's it. The next season is going to be, you know, same old story and it's going to resume with Manchester City walking away with a title like every other season. So, and this is the shame thing about it. You know, Liverpool are better than that. They've got probably one of the best players in a lot of positions in the world. So for them to be playing like that is just diabolical. And I don't know what's happened. I don't know what Klopp has said and what he's done, but he needs to get the best out of them. I'm pretty sure he's not happy with them right now. And those players deserve, you know, to lose their places, to be honest, if I were. I mean, even Van Dijk seems like he's not interested. That is not a player. That's not a, a kind of performance you want from a player of his calibre. End of story. If he wants to be the best defender in the world, he needs to be better than that. That's a fact. He needs to be much better than that. And I was really, really disappointed with his way of playing football and you know how he's been performing, performing since the league title has been won. It's just been... Horrendous! It's just upsetting. It's just that's not the way we play. It's just not the way. It's not acceptable. This is not the Liverpool way. Even in the old Liverpool teams, it's just not been like that. You know, we had the game wrapped. We practically outperformed them everywhere, and to let in two goals like that is just disgusting. 
Um, but yeah, that's my rant over. I'm going to just move swiftly on. Yeah, um, yeah again, uh, the, the thing is, with our, you know, just quickly mentioning Arsenal as well, and I'm sure Bav's going to touch on Arsenal and their performance. Arsenal, to be quite frank, I'm going to be totally honest, they didn't deserve anything out of that game, if I'm honest with you. And they were pretty much lucky to win the game because of the two errors that Liverpool had. So they, don't, they know that that performance wasn't, that wasn't a true performance, a, a true reflection of their performance at all, I would pretty much say. But at the end of the day, they got the points and let's face it, you know, they need the points as well as much as anyone else. So, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, you know, it's fine, you know. Liverpool have to take that one on the chin and they've just got to do better the next few games and, and just to prove that, you know what, we're not, we're not, we're not sleeping anymore. We're going to carry on, you know, till the end. Um, but yeah, it's it's been an exciting season to be honest. Um, um, it's, it's as weird as it seems. We know that COVID came in, and the league stopped in March, and it was pretty awful not having no football for a few months, and everyone was a little bit upset. Players were not sure what's going, whether the football is going to happen again, whether the game's going to start, restart, what's going to happen. It was all kind of up in the air and then for it to all start off and everything to be kicked off and that, it's just been, you know, exciting and I'm, I'm quite happy that we've got to the end now, almost there now and we've done it, this could work, I mean, this can absolutely work and I don't see why the league don't think about having a break of some sort like that in between. You know, because obviously with the with English football and the way it is, it's, the games are too... You know, how can I put it? It's a very demanding. So to have a little break like that and having an actual couple of months off, you know, and then to come back and then just clean sweep the games as quick and fast as they have come, I don't think it's a bad idea that to, to think of something like this or maybe do the Champions League in this way where after the league finishes, um, have a little break and then just do the Champions League all in one hit. I don't know. I mean, it's something to think about because at the end of the day, the way the league is and the way the Champions League, some of these teams, they're outstretched and overstretched and all the rest of it. And it's just like injuries come through. And I don't think you get to see teams as they are and as they want to be, you know. So obviously right now, um, the league has, you know, had to make some changes. Um, There has been some changes in terms of like, you know, the drinks break and stuff. I mean... I don't like the drinks break. I really think it just f- slows the momentum and maybe the drinks break sometimes causes teams to just switch off. Might have been an issue for Liverpool, who knows? I mean, I don't know. But this that that needs to go. Um, I, I think it was a COVID situation decision that, that caused them to make that decision that, you know what, to just keep everyone safe, we'll have a drinks break just to calm things down. But I don't think it needs to be continued next season. Um, Boris Johnson has come out and said, yeah, he's allowing teams to make adjustments so that we can get some of the fans back in the cl- uh, back in the stadiums. I don't think everyone's going to be allowed. There's going to be a quota system and et cetera, et cetera. So again, that's that's something to be looked at, something that's going to happen and we're going to have to think, look into that and stuff. But overall, uh, I think I've been pretty satisfied with the way the league has continued and the way things have gone on, apart from the Liverpool performances of after the league has been won, it's been for myself, not very exciting at all but 
Having said that, it's been exciting watching games come in thick and fast, you know, having a game every other day is just, it's great, you know, it's, it's good fun, it's good for, the, good for the supporters, good for the fans, especially where you can't go to the um, stadiums, it's been great to just be able to watch, you know, games live on terrestrial TV, for example, on BBC One, you know, having the games played on there, having them on um, Amazon, having them on, uh, you know, several different like locations, it's, it's, it's good to see. And I think it's not a bad bad situation to be in, to be honest, considering the fact that we had no football. To have football in the blazing sun that we're getting right now, it's not bad, it's great. But yeah, um, you know, again, we, you know, we can go on about teams and how they performed, but I actually want to just say, you know, we have to admit... Some of the teams have come out of this COVID situation a lot better off, you know. Because let's face it, teams like Manchester United, they were down and out. They were finished. They were gone. There was no way Manchester United were going to have a chance to do anything, you know, at, at you know when we were in March. Because they were getting outperformed. They didn't have the players back. They had a lot of injuries. Pogba wasn't playing. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes started to show a bit of form and a bit of class, but again, they were they were no we're gonna get to the Champions League at that time. We all looked at him for this is not gonna be a great season ending for Man United. And COVID came. And wow did it all change for them. They've come in and they look like a world beaters. You know, they can go on and win many titles for the way they are playing. I mean I'm exaggerating here obviously, but I mean they look good. Let's face it, I'm gonna be honest and I'm gonna not have my biased um opinion on this and I'm going to say yeah they look good I'm not going to lie the front three look great you know the midfield look great Bruno Fernandes and uh, and Pogba look great you know Mason Greenwood you know Rashford Martial wow there's some you know talent in that team that is now showing up great stuff for them and you know with Man City as well they've come out fighting they had a few issues but having some of their key players back has made a difference for him. Unlucky for Aguero that he's injured. But having said that, they've come out of this in a good way. So it's been great for them as well. Um, and again, you know, some teams haven't come back good. You know, Leicester's had an up and down start to this. But yeah, they've done a few. They've had a few good games. Jamie Vardy's still in form. And then you can talk about Southampton and Danny Ings. Wow. He's still, he's still continuing where he left off. Goal scoring machine. Amazing. I mean... To be honest, every time I see the guy play and every time he looks to get the ball, he just goes forward. He's like an attacking machine. And I'm I'm really happy for him as well because the amount of injuries he'd had and the problems he's overcome, he deserves everything he gets right now. So hats off to you know Danny Ings for persisting with the career that he loves and football that he, you know, the, the sport that he loves and persisting with it because a lot of players would have probably given up after the few years that he had. No way, you know, I didn't see him coming back from this and for him to come back and not only score goals but score loads of them is a great testament to his character. So, well done, mate. But yeah, um, again, you know, moving on, you know, Southampton's looking good, you know, obviously they've had a, a loss but again, it's expected sometimes, but they're doing really well. Um, and then you look at teams like Newcastle, up and down season for them, and it still continues to be like that. But they're looking, they're looking better. 
I have to admit, you know, Steve Bruce has done a better job than than most people expected. So yeah, well done to him as well for car- carrying on, getting the best out of him. Um, the relegation battle, let's be honest, Norwich were out a long time ago. And Aston Villa, I think, and Bournemouth are going to be the three that are going to go. I don't see any any of them three coming out of this now. Aston Villa have a slight slim chance, but with West Ham winning, um, Watford still in there. It could be a tough one, you know, you never know. But I don't see them coming out of this. You know, there's no goals in that team. You know, and even Grealish, he hasn't scored since January. You know, that's just not acceptable. For a player of his calibre, he should be scoring a few goals. Because goals can win games. And we all know that. That's what the aim of the game is, to score goals. And it's all well and good having the ball and being a great player on the ball. But if you're not scoring goals, then you ain't done your job. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't mind seeing a player not doing anything for 50, 60 minutes and coming up and producing a bit of magic, you know. There's players like, players do that in the Spanish leagues a lot, a lot of the times. You'll see Messi walking around doing, you know, what, nothing. And he'll get the ball, he'll electrify and he move, take a few players on, bang, 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 and he scores. You know, and that's what you need to do. Right, and I, I, I see Grealish does all of that. He, he gets the ball, he's got on the ball, controls the ball, passes the ball, you know, does everything he needs to do but score. So if you're not scoring, how can you lead your team? How can you tell the players up front, say, listen guys, you need to score goals when you're not doing it yourself? You know, and that's my answer, that's my problem with Jack Grealish. Everyone, and all the media pundits, rave on about him, rave on about how great he is, but he's not scoring goals. You know, so yeah, you can talk about him as much as you want, but if you're not going to score the goals, then you're not a great player in my eyes. I'm sorry, that's just you know, you're not. You haven't scored a goal. Yeah, that could be a confidence thing, but the matter is, you haven't scored a goal. So there, this that is something that really Jack Grealish needs to answer about this and just think about what he's done and what he could have done better to help Aston Villa. If he's the captain and the true leader in that team, would have done a lot more than what he's done there to help the team perform and excel. And that's the bottom line of it, really. Um, but so, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, this is what it is. This is where we're at. And the league title... It, 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 we are where we are at at the moment. So, yeah. A lot to go on about. But... We are really, really looking forward to the end of the season now and to start the next season off really because again when the season ends the best thing about the season ending is that transfer talk all that kind of stuff you know who's going to go where all the movements happening these things are things that really really make my season it helps make you look forward to the next season all the new kits that people come out with you know the teams that are coming out Liverpool's got a new sponsorship with Nike I'm I'm excited to see what Nike's gonna come out with with Liverpool. I haven't seen I've seen a few leaks and it doesn't look great to me. So I I was happy with NB, but hey, they made an executive decision with that. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. But we'll be speaking to Bav and we'll talk about all these things with him and we'll see how we can get on with that and how we, um, yeah, it's gonna be great fun chatting with Bav because he's gonna have he's gonna be a little bit more perky. That's for sure because obviously his team beat Liverpool, so he's gonna right stick one in me. So. Yeah, it's going to be great fun. So, see you all back after the break. 
Welcome back guys. Yes, yeah, so we have Bav on the line um, today and we're going to be having a chat with him about all the week's action and what's happened this week in the football. Um, and he's just going to give us a good little chat and give, give us a good little intro on, on how things went. Obviously he's going to be really perky and really excited probably because of the fact that Arsenal are through to the FA Cup final and also the fact that Arsenal beat Liverpool as well. So he's probably absolutely buzzing. So it's going to be great hearing from him and um, hearing what he has to say. So here we go. Let's give him a call and see what he's had got to say. Hello. Hello, Bab. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. So, just been talking to the listeners, and uh, obviously, <clears throat> I've spoken to them, and I've well, I've said that you're probably a very excited guy, um, seeing as your team has gone to the FA Cup final, and I think it's deserved. I must admit, and also the fact that you beat Liverpool as well on the way as well. So, yeah, give us your give us a take on all of this, mate. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, you know, we've beaten two of the better teams. But, again, I don't want to be a negative person. Can it, <laughs> can it be done when it really matters, right? Liverpool, as I've said, they've been at the beach the last few games. Same could somewhat be said for Man City. If Sergio Aguero was in that team yesterday instead of Gabriel Jesus, they would have beaten us. Facts. And... Um, City just had an off day yesterday. Yeah, we did well first half. I think we played pretty well. But second half, we played Mourinho-style football and parked the bus. But it worked. And Aubameyang, you know, he got lucky with a couple of the goals. But again, that's what you need when you have a top-quality goal scorer. He's going to put the ball in the back of the net. And hopefully we can get him to stick around for the next couple of years. And then that will obviously help us to attract some better players. So... I think Arteta, one thing I've noticed is that we, we have a better shape. Um, he does micromanage and obviously that's needed with his team. So it looks good. Let's let's see you know, what can happen next season. And again, yes, we've got to the FA Cup final. But again, Chelsea will be a challenge. And Arsenal players owe us Arsenal fans for what happened in Baku a few years ago in the Europa Cup final. We lost that. We got outplayed. We didn't turn up. So... They've got a chance to fix it. They need to get that right this time round. Well, yeah, I mean, to going just talking about Arteta quickly. I mean, I, th- I think it's in a things are going on the right track for Arsenal. I mean, obviously, recruitment's going to be massive. You guys need to obviously bolster your team massively. And I know you've spoken about the fact that money's not, you know, you haven't got the money there, and it's going to have to be, you know. Some sort of like you know keeping the major players still you know keeping them like the likes of Obama Yang. I think Lacazette needs to stick around as well, um, and just getting rid of the rubbish. I guess in it the ones that are not really producing, get rid of them and get the better ones coming through. You've got a lot of youngsters in the team, which um, he's bring. He don't, he's not you know scared to bring them on. So I think it is going in the right track for you guys. Yeah, and we've got a few youngsters, and you know we do have, as I voiced a few podcasts ago, a lot, a lot of incompetent players. But it seems like they've actually got their acts together the last week or so. And again, we're only looking at a sample size data. Can they do it for thirty-eight games next season? And, and that's what matters. And if we win the FA Cup, obviously we qualify for the Europa League. 
which again could be a gift or a curse most likely with our club it's likely to be a curse and I'm so out of it on what I said a few weeks ago that we don't need to qualify for Europe so we can actually start from scratch we play 38 league games maybe 5-10 cup games so we're not playing more than 50 games a season which will help with the limited squad that we have and we do have a couple of players coming back which I touched on a long time ago and maybe that will give some competition to some of the guys that are currently there and hopefully he can work his magic let's let's see you know he, he has a good reputation he might be able to attract some players from the Spanish league he also played in Brescia obviously he's got some Italian connections so fingers crossed but again I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself and think we're going to challenge for the top four next year because top four next year is still going to be Liverpool Man City Chelsea United Spurs and maybe Leicester may, you know I think Leicester's only fallen away because they've had a couple of injuries and you know, they've really missed James Madison in the last four or five games, so who knows? It's only going to get tough to get into that top four. And Spurs look pretty decent first half today as well, so who knows? A long way to go still, but I, th- I think the only way is up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just talking about the week so far, I mean, I mean, how, how, what did you make of this week? It's been quite interesting, right? I mean, watching the teams and, you know, seeing what's happened in the league this season and... Now we're coming to the end. I mean, what's your thoughts on the week? I mean, give us a bit of a recap on how all the games went because I know you, you're an encyclopedia of football. I keep saying this. And you, you've, your knowledge is a great help to this podcast, obviously, and it gives a lot of insight to a lot of um, listeners out there. Yeah, well, West Ham looked pretty good against Watford. Uh, Watford didn't really pose much of a challenge. I think West Ham scored, what, three goals in the space of... 15-20 minutes, Mikel Antonio is looking like uh, a modern day version of Emil Heskey. Um, he really is, I mean, I, I think that's the closest comparison I can make. And obviously Antonio was out injured for the first couple of months of the season, so let's say he was fit for the whole season, West Ham may not even be in this uh, relegation battle. I mean, it looks like they're clear, but they may be you know, the sort of team that could have challenged for the top 10, maybe top 12. Uh, Watford, Watford are in a Mess. I mean, I was surprised to hear that Nigel Pearson got fired this morning. Uh, they've got what Man City and Arsenal next, which are two very, very tough games. I don't see them winning any. I don't see them getting a point out of those two final games. Well, it's it's a it's a strange decision to make. I mean, whatever the decision that you know you make, you make it after the remaining two games. To make it two games, you know, before the you know the season end, it just you know, mind-boggling. I mean, why would you do that? What what gave them the idea that they need to get sacked their manager? Or was it like Nigel Pearson's already decided he wants to leave? I don't know. It's just weird. Well, yeah, there's a lot of uh, contradictory reports. And I actually was looking on the uh, Watford uh, club statement earlier and it just said that Nigel Pearson has been relieved of his duties. We have no further comments. And Hayden Mullins is going to take over for the next two games. And, and I can't recall the assistant's name but they offered the job to the assistant and he declined as well. So that shows obviously the assistant is low to Nigel Pearson, but something really must have gone on because it's it's just ludicrous for any team to fire the manager with, with two games left to go. I mean, you're playing Man City, you're playing Arsenal, and unless you've got like a top player in each position being put in that team from the top six, seven teams around Europe, it's not going to make a difference when they're playing Man City or Arsenal respectively. Yeah. And Man City is going to be ticked off and you and I both know after losing a the game, they typically go out and hammer the opposition four or five following games. So 
that is expected and that's probably what's going to happen. And Arsenal might be in a position where they may not necessarily have to win to qualify for a Europa spot because it seems like we're relying on winning the FA Cup to go that route. But there's obviously going to be players that are thinking, you know what, hold on, this is the final game of the season. I need to showcase my talents in order to be considered for the FA Cup team. Yeah, so absolutely. that's where some players will obviously push themselves. And, and besides Troy Deeney and a couple other players, and they've got some yeah. decent players, but I just don't think they're all on the same wavelength. No, I mean, it's that team. To be honest, every season I've noticed that they chop and change. Some players turn up. I mean, they're heavily reliant on Troy Deeney. And, you know, if he's not about, if he's injured, they look a mess. Let's, they look an absolute mess. And, you know, I've said this for a while. Like Teams like Watford, they, the problem isn't the team. It's the people above, the directors. They do this every year. They just change managers. They're the only team in the Premier League. And even before Premier League, they've just changed their managers every year. And why? What reason? No one knows. It's always the same old story. You know, they have a manager for five, six months, something goes wrong and they get rid of the fire the manager, get another guy in. Five, six months, fire the manager, get another one in. It's just been like that every season. Um, and it must be frustrating for their their fans. I mean, to see a team like that, I mean, it just, it's just must be really, really sad to watch watch their team to be honest yeah and, and it's it, they've actually got a couple like I said before they've got some talented players it's yeah, just um, maybe yeah, I think a lot of these players maybe know it because they've been there four or five seasons that okay we're going to have two managers on average this season and why am I going to perform I mean it, it, it's reverse logic but a lot of these guys maybe they just just don't care but if, I, if I'm someone like Troy Deeney I'm going to do my best to outperform everyone else on the field including the opposition players and try to manoeuvre a transfer away from that club. Because Troy Deeney could be useful. I mean, just to sidebar for a sec, congrats to Leeds United for being back in the big time. Yeah, Leeds United absolutely. could do with someone like Troy Deeney. Absolutely. I'm telling you, all these teams that are coming up, Troy Deeney is a proven goal scorer. Yeah, he doesn't get you 15, 20 goals, but those 10, 11, 12 goals he gets every season are very, very helpful, especially when you may be struggling. Because again, let's not forget, Leeds have done well in the Premier League, but... Yeah, it's going to be exciting watching Marcelo Bielsa if he's still about. Um, you know, yeah, there's no reason why they'd get rid of him. I mean, I'd, I'd be baffled. I mean, I have, you know, but then again, nothing surprising me with the decisions that are made these days. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, yeah. it'll probably be about him whether he wants to stay or stay on or not. To be honest, because he's probably got loads of takers out there. No, no doubt. You know. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be exciting seeing him in the dugout. I mean, I was I was quite chuffed for him. To be honest, he deserves it, especially after last season as well. Yeah, and then Southampton had a decent win against Bournemouth. Yeah. Bournemouth had a goal disallowed last minute, but it was like it was clearly offside. It was clearly offside. Was offside. Spurs, like I said, they, they took care of business against Leicester, and I didn't get to see the Man United Chelsea game, but um, it seems like Chelsea capitalised on two mistakes from David de Gea. So, yeah. David de Gea, we, we've spoken about him many times on this podcast. Um, Man United will be foolish not to... Well, obviously, I think Dean... What's his name? Henderson is... I think these are his last few games with Sheffield United. Then he does actually go back to Man United. So, Man United should just go ahead and put him in and it'll be a wake-up call to David De Gea. And then maybe they make it an opportunity to obviously sell him off to maybe one of the Spanish clubs. And it's probably not going to be a top-tier Spanish club, but 
you know, maybe one of those teams that's qualified for Europa League, like, you know, Villarreal or Ronaldo or whomever. Well, you never know. He could try his, try his um, trade in um, Italy, you know, Serie A. You never know. He could go down that route. Yeah, you never know. But he's, he's got too many mistakes in him. And, and many top clubs are, are not going to fork out money that Man United may want for a player that's just got a mistake or two in him. You, you can't afford to be, especially when you're competing for you know, big trophies. Barcelona, Real Madrid, the Premier League, top five, six, I'm not touching him. And even, even in the Premier League, who's going to touch him right now? None of the top four, that's for sure. You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said that he's the best goalkeeper in Europe or something a few weeks ago. He's not even the best goalkeeper in Northern England. No, he's not. He's not even the best goalkeeper in Manchester. Yeah, so. no, 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 definitely not. So yeah, no, it's good. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens yeah. next season. Um, and then, yeah, and then we've got a few fixtures left this week. Um, Aston Villa. I think most of us neutrals would like to see them take care of business, but. I just don't think they've got it in them. No. I, I don't see Aston Villa beating Arsenal, even though it's a home game. And Man City, if they beat Watford, means that Bournemouth are relegated on Tuesday anyway. So, again, Watford, I think in order for Watford to get relegated, um, a lot of results have to obviously go against them, which means Villa are very light on many games to go in their favour. I just, again, don't see that happening. Uh, to be fair, I mean, I think the teams that are there... Other ones are gonna gonna be relegated. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. I think Watford are, are staying up, and maybe that's probably what prompted the decision to be made. That look, we're staying up anyway. It's gonna be very. I don't see Aston Villa getting anything, and I don't see Bournemouth after, especially. Yeah, the, the, and Aston, Aston Villa play West Ham, and West Ham's at home final game. Uh, I don't know the way West Ham are playing right now. That you know, I just don't see many teams stopping them. No, absolutely not. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting now because it's all coming to an end. Um, Boris Johnson's obviously come out and said that look, he's going to be allowing the fans to come back to the stadium at some point in autumn. So that's that's a real good news, you know, in itself. Because yeah, I mean, well, I think that's looking looking like October from what I saw on the yeah. BBC. Yeah, October, what he said, he said autumn, October. So, yeah, it'll be a few games with closed doors and then it'll be back to some sort of, you know, fans coming in. I don't think it's going to be the full capacity at, at the beginning. It'll be, you know, slowly in stages. So, yeah, that's exciting times, mate, exciting times. Yeah, just... and, and even then it's going to be limited to season ticket holders. So, you know, for neutrals that unfortunately don't have season tickets... You can just forget about trying to go to a game next season unless it happens to be like a, you know, Carling Cup game or whatever it's called these days. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's going to be great though. It's going to be great. I mean, you looking forward to next season already, Bav? Yeah, it's, uh, they're talking about, what, September 12th as a provisional date. But then if they started then, they said something along the lines of the teams that are in the Champions League and Europa League will start about four weeks behind schedule. So... That's going to be a problem. It's going to obviously kick up a fuss with a lot of well, a lot of teams will naturally kick up a fuss because of it, and then it's also not going to be ideal because we're not going to see the best teams for the first four weeks. Yeah, and yeah. and they already will have fixture congestion because they're playing in respective European leagues. So I'm not sure how that's really going to play out. The solution is simple. Everyone starts, I would say, mid October, early November, and get everything aligned with what's going to happen in the World Cup the following year. And just yeah. be prepared for it. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
we, as you can see, I mean, we've done it. We've sorted it out. You know, they managed to get a few games played. You know, the second part of the season. I'm going to say the second part after you know, obviously after the COVID situation. So we can do something similar to that. I mean, just have two free games a, a week. I mean, it's going to have to be done. Teams are going to have to play more games. Um, there's no other way, of, no other solution. Otherwise, we're just going to have massive congestion of fixtures come towards Christmas, and that's not going to be ideal. And then you're going to have everything too close to the World Cup. Again, that's not going to be ideal. And it's just all, everything's just going to be up in the air, and teams are not going to be focused, and injuries, and there's going to be so many factors involved. And I, I just think that they just need to just clarify what's going to happen and get it all sorted. Exactly. So, so I guess, uh, what transfer rumours are you hearing? What, or, or what do you think is going to happen with certain teams this season? Um, I, well, from what I've heard, Liverpool's not buying many players this season. That's been pretty much said by Klopp, that he's not looking to um, make too many changes. I think, well, I think Thiago's a done deal. Thiago's a done deal, yeah. Um, I don't... I, you know, Bav, I know you like the player, but I'm going to say I don't think he's the answer. I really don't. What's your thoughts on that? I think you've got a talent of midfielders. Uh, he will only help long term when some of these guys get injured. I think if you look at that Liverpool midfield three, Fabinho's a guaranteed starter. And then, I know Henderson's your captain and you may not like it, but he's places under threat as soon as Tiago joins you guys and then the other one it could be it's really a game of Russian roulette because you've got so many midfield luxuries I mean, that uh, no one knows if it's going to be Naby Keita or is it going to be Milner is it going to be Ronaldo and you've still got like Minamino Shakiri, so you've got a good amount of uh, problems there well I think the one problem that needs to be solved is you know obviously we've got a great back four right now but to make it even stronger, obviously we've seen Van Dyke and how he can be uninterested sometimes, like he showed with um, the Arsenal game. So I do think he needs another a decent partner. I mean, I know Gomez has done a good job, you know, Matip has been good, but we need someone a bit more, you know, of his calibre, someone that's going to say, listen, you know what, if you're not going to be the top guy, I will. And I think that's where you've said this before, Koulibaly. I think Liverpool need to start making noises and get get him, get the rumours started for him and get him over, really. I think, who else is there? In central defence, not too many players. There's Ruben Diaz from Benfica, but I think uh, Benfica's asking, you know, I think a lot of these Portuguese teams ask for a lot of money for their players and they typically get the money from the Spanish teams because, again, as you and I know, Spanish teams have a history of paying over the odds for a lot of these players. So, who knows? I mean, what other I mean, do you think this Jaden Sancho to Man United is going to happen, or do you think it's just paper talk? I mean, Jaden Sancho, he's he's always said he wants to play in the Premiership. We know that, and it looked like at one point like Liverpool were going to sign him, but now it doesn't look like that's going to happen. If especially if we're getting Thiago, which seems like a done deal, um, I don't see Jaden Sancho coming to Liverpool. So I guess it will be Manchester or. I think there was a, a talk about him going to um, Chelsea, so I don't know. Again, who knows? Chelsea, maybe, but I, I, I don't... I mean, he, he would get in the team, but I think Chelsea needs to focus on other areas. 
Yeah, um, definitely. Man United, yeah. I mean, you said Manchester, but when you say Manchester, I'm inclined to believe you say Man City. I don't see him going to Man City. No, 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 I meant Manchester why, why, United. Yeah, Man, Man City obviously sold him many years ago, and again, no. why, why would they take a player back and pay ten times what they sold him for? It just doesn't make financial sense. Yeah, I mean, that, to be honest, I think United... They look like the favourites to get him, but do they need him? I, I'm not sure. With the t- players they've got right now, I think they're doing all right with the players. I think they need to sort out their defence, to be honest, and a goalkeeper. What are your thoughts on uh, Danny Sabahis? Do you think Arsenal should buy him permanently? Or? Oh, definitely. I think if he, wants to, if he wants to play for you guys, take him on. Real Madrid, um, I don't think they, they, they wouldn't mind losing him. I think they've got plenty of suitors there that can do the job. I think, yeah, he's been good for you guys. What do you, I mean, you tell me. You've been watching Arsenal more than me. Um, he was okay. I mean, I, I don't think he's coming and set the world alight. But I think with the right manager and the fact that Arteta's Spanish and maybe there's a communication, there may have been a communication barrier previously. But even then, Unai Emery was Spanish. And I, again, I don't know. Apparently, Emery was bad at communicating and Arteta's been great. So let's, let's see if Arteta can actually squeeze more out of him. And I think it's possible because Sabias and Arteta actually play in the same position. So maybe there's an opportunity to get a little more out of him. But I've heard rumours of Arsenal asking for a one-year loan extension with a view to them buying for £20 million. And at £20 million, that's that's a drop in the pond. Yeah. Considering, you know, these sort of players are going for stupid numbers, that especially when they're not proven. See, you know, when he first came came onto the scene, I mean, I, and I saw him, I thought I thought it was quite decent. He, his first few games were really good, and then obviously he dropped off, like that. A lot of the Arsenal players dropped off. Um, Arteta's obviously um, has made a massive difference in a lot of your players. If I'm honest with you, even the ones that ain't been so great. So I think it's not a bad shout. Just get him signing out, extend his loan loan deal and then with a view to buying for 20 million I think that's a, not a bad deal for Arsenal to be honest um, and again you know you need to keep Aubameyang and Lacazette um, I think Guendouzi looks like he might be on his way out right? Yeah that's fine and apparently Barcelona want him so that's fine if Barcelona want him Barcelona want Guendouzi I'd have oh mate nah, yeah I, I mean I read that again it's all paper talk speculation listen if, if they want to take Guendouzi you can take him just make sure you give us a player or two in return. So let me ask you this. You being a Barca fan, who would you want to offload to get Guendouzi? You probably don't even want to talk about this, but hey, time for a tough question. For Barcelona, I don't even, I don't think Guendouzi is the answer for Barcelona. So that, I don't, I don't understand why they're going for players like him. Sorry, but if Arsenal want to get rid of him, why would Barcelona want to buy him? I mean, that's a stupid decision. I mean, any player that Barcelona got right now is better than Guendouzi. I know yeah, they ain't Barcelona's great either. got a bit of a history lately of buying players that don't necessarily fit their team, so why not continue the trend? Why? Why? Well, the answer to that is they lost the league. They lost the league. They didn't, you know, Real Madrid didn't win that league. Yeah, Barca lost it because they were clear, you know, went before COVID and all of a sudden... It's not going well for them. And, it, you know, this was, me and you said this before, this was going to happen because the buyers, the buying that they're doing, the players that they're buying are just that really bad acquisitions, you know, all throughout. They've bought players that don't fit the team. And again, Guendouzi will be another player that won't fit the team. He ain't no Barcelona player. They might as well just go to La Masia yeah, and just get the players from there. 
because that's probably the best way for them going forward. Yeah, I, I partially agree with that. And even, even then, honestly, right now at Barcelona, there aren't too many realistic players that Arsenal can swap for Guendouzi. Yeah. I think, what, Nelson Semedo, maybe, but even then, I think at right back, we're good. We've got Bellerin, Maitland-Niles can play there. We've also got Cedric Suarez. So, honestly, uh, Lenglet, the central defender, the French guy, will take him, but Barcelona's not going to give up a central defender, especially when teams across Europe are struggling to acquire central defenders, period. Yeah, exactly. So, who knows, maybe that's all just paper talk. But maybe someone like PSG is like, you know what, here, here's 40, 50 million for Guendouzi, take him, absolutely, take the money, and then reinvest it straight away. But who knows, I mean, there, there, there's going to be some team that will just buy him because of the potential, and, he, and even if they spend 40 million on him and he has a couple of seasons, they'll still make money off him. A couple of good seasons, sorry, they'll make some money off him. What about Mezu Ozil? What's happening with him? Absolutely nothing. Is he just he's still there, sitting there cashing in? He's, he's in there cashing in. That's Making pretty. a mug of this football team. But it is what it is. He said he's going to see out this final year of the contract and then that's it. But I think um, he can say all that. But if Arsenal have any opportunities, they need to cash in. Even if a club offers £5 million, get rid of him. Just get him off the wage book straight up. Well, uh, it just baffles me. I don't get why you just don't let him play because he can. Uh, he needs to play. He's team. not needed right now. What, you, what good is he going to do in that team? If we look at form, and a lot of people may bash me, I was very highly critical of Nicolas Pepe, but Nicolas Pepe has really settled in. Yeah, no, I, I like Nicolas Pepe. And with his goals and assists, I think he's he's in. He's got like either twenty. Well. 20 goals he's been involved with, with obviously a combination of goals and assists and when he's when he scored the goals it, it's really like my eyes have popped out just to see some of the crazy goals he's scored uh, and, and him there and you know with Saka I'm not there's no need for Ozil yeah. so if Sabahis is in there Sabahis can create a little and I think between Sabahis and uh, what's his name the guy I was just talking about Pepe I think we have enough creativity in that team no absolutely I mean yeah, I do agree. I mean, yeah, you're right. Them players have done a good job. But I just still feel that, you know what, you've got a t player on your books that is taking, what, 350k from you a week? Yeah, 18.2 million a year. But the reality is, we all understand, no damn team in their might mind, sorry, right mind is going to pay 18 million, 15 million, or even 10 million for Ozil. If you get 5 million, get rid of him. The other way you can look at it, okay, come January... He's free to negotiate with any team he wants. So this is why if anyone comes in mid-October, slightly before the transfer window closes, here's a £5 million offer, get him off your books. Because once January kicks in, you still got to pay him that £9 million. And it's not like in NFL terms where you can cut a player and you pay them the remainder of their salary. The board is not going to sanction this because they're going to say, oh, you know what, financially we're taking an $18 million here. So therefore that money has to be paid out up front according to the PNL and maybe the terms of the contract so they obviously don't want that to hit their balance sheets and show a negative 18 odd million whereas if they get 5 million for him cool it's a sale it's offloaded he's off the wage book and in theory they gain a few million from it but yeah he's got to go he's uh, he's just he's just disinterested and, and that's all it is and I don't blame him you know we have a mug offered him 350k <laughs> it's just a straight up mug and Ozil must have been laughing, thinking, hold on, I'm going to get a contract, contract extension of up to 220 maybe 250 a week. And they came back with this. 
that's good. I mean, how how, how old is he now? Who's in? I'm not sure. I would assume he's in his early thirties. Early thirties, so he's still got a couple of seasons left in him. You know, after Arsenal, if no one takes me, he'll probably end up retiring. Because I can't see yeah, him going anywhere. Yeah, I think uh, he's going to end up in Turkey. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Yeah, I just looked him up. 31 years of age. And he's going to be 32 in October. So, oh yeah, so there won't be many takers. And, but then again, I don't blame the guy. If you and I are in the position and, you know, 26, 27, 28, and a club offers to more or less double your money, it's, it's a last big contract, potentially, so take it. Yeah, I mean, he could go to somewhere like Besiktas or, or Galatasaray, really, and yeah. or Fenerbahce. I think that's not a bad shot, but to be honest. He might want yeah, to turn uh, out to be yeah. his agent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But, yeah, it's, it's just, it's been crazy. I mean, the, the, the transfer talks out there are going to start coming in thick and fast, as we know. Always does when the season ends. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, any news on when the Champions League is actually going to begin? Champions League? Hmm. Yeah, they announced the dates, didn't they? A few uh, mid... Actually, not mid... Yeah, mid-August, if I'm not mistaken. Hold on. So I know uh, Leon and Juventus play on the 7th of August. And then after that, it's the quarterfinals start on So the those dates... Because they did say they're going to revise the dates, if need be. So that was something that was... Um, yeah, it, it looks like it's... Again, I'm just looking at the uh, UEFA site and Lyon, Juventus, and Man City, Real Madrid, both on the 7th of August. On the 8th of August, you've got Bayern, Chelsea. That game's obviously a formality as Bayern are 3-0 up. And then the uh, same day is Barca, Napoli, and that's 1-1. And I'm sure you heard about what Messi said a few days ago about the squad needing to improve and really get their act together. Like, as it stands, they probably won't beat Napoli the way they're playing. No, definitely. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see them going through that one. I think right now that club's a mess, and I think including Messi, he's a mess right now as well because he's not. Everything's just looking terrible down there right well, now. He can't be a mess. He scored two goals today. He finished the uh, top scorer in the Liga. Well, yeah, that's that's just normal though, isn't it? I mean, it's all well and good him being top scorer, but he needs to be. I don't know. I mean, it's, he needs to ruffle some of them players, you know, because Look, he's been. Kind team on his back for 15 seasons okay yeah. give the guy a break I know you're a huge Messi fan but I don't Messi himself can't single-handedly turn that team around in the previous seasons he had a lot more talent around the field than what he has now right now this is probably one of the worst Barcelona teams in history uh, definitely I mean it's got to be one of the worst it's got to be up there. in the last 15 years definitely this has been the worst um, it's, it's a mess uh, really the, the players they got, they don't fit the shirt, if you know what I mean. It, it, Absolutely. And, and you and I know we've both been to New Camp. And how many great players have played for this team? And we're just going to obviously talk about forward players because forward players always are in the limelight. But Christos Deutschkopf, yep. Romario, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho. Ronaldo. Samuel, Ronaldo, Samueletto, Henri, obviously Messi. And the list goes on and on. And then if you want to look at midfielders, you've got, you know, Deco, Xavi, Busquets, Iniesta, etc., etc. So, and I'm sure we missed a few out, but these are the ones, obviously, that so stick you, out. Yeah, and then Neymar as well, again, you know. Neymar, Guardiola. I mean, how many players have we missed? We could go on forever, mate. We'll be sitting in this podcast for another, another day just talking about all these players. But, I mean, to be honest, I think... 
a good shout is for them if they, if Neymar wants to come back from PSG, I think that should just let it happen. Not happening. They don't have the money. They got to make it's, 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 it's like you walk into a sweet shop with a pound and you want to buy the ten pound box of chocolates for a Roche. Not happening. No, absolutely. I mean, you, can, you can't buy you can't buy penny. You, you know, if you want to buy penny sweets, you can't just say, "Oh yeah, guess what? Let me go and get that for a Roche and switch it out and pay a pound." Not happening. Can't they do a swap deal? For what? <laughs> I don't know that PS, French PS, French PS, defender. What? what? Maybe worth 40, 50 million euros, if that. Yeah, but I mean, PSG do need to bolster the defence, right? Yeah. Actually, who's that defender? The uh, Samuel Umtiti, right? Um, He's still Titi. a passer. There you go. There's Arsenal's opportunity to offload Windows. Straight swap. Take Umtiti. It'll be an upgrade on those mugs that we still have. Even though they played pretty well yesterday, and a lot of people are like, oh. David Luiz was looking like Kulu Bali essay, but still, I'm, I'm, you know, one, one good game in seven eight is not going to do it for me. No, absolutely. I, I was I was looking at him and I actually thought, yeah, what a great game. But you know, the next one is going to be the same old David Luiz, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever he had to drink before, you know, must have done the <laughs> trick. But it's not going to happen again, is it? Exactly. So, uh, who do you think is going to win the FA Cup? Well. I, I'm going to say Arsenal. Alright, I, I hope that happens. Uh, I, the reason why, I mean, history... Arsenal, you know, obviously got a great history in the in that competition. Got 13 times winners, is it? Something like that? Correct, yeah, 13. And um, it's a record, 21 appearances in the final. Exactly. So, I think, on the basis of the history, you got. I'm going to say Arsenal. Although Chelsea do look good, and they got some... You know, world beaters in their team as well. And let's be honest, on their day, they can you know, they can do a job on any team. But with Lampard, and then you've got Arteta, who's, you know, it's going to be all about the tactics, who's going to get it right, who's going to pick the right team. And for some reason, I just see that Arteta's going to get it right. I, I, I like him, I, I really do. I do think that you guys have, you know, got a good coach there, a good, you know, man-manager, the way he's going to pick the players up and stuff, you know, I think he's going to do a good job. And so is Lampard. To be honest, Lampard's been pretty decent as well. Yeah, no, Lampard, I, you know, I generally thank Lampard. I think uh, one he's of the best midfielders we've had in the Premier League. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Gerard Scholes, you know, Beckham, Giggs, they're all going to be up there. But I think all round Lampard, when it came to scoring goals, was just a slight notch ahead of most of those guys I mentioned. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he was a phenomenal goal scorer. As a midfielder, definitely, but as a coach, he's still got a lot to go, a lot to prove yet. And so has Arteta. And I just think that right now, with what Arteta's done with Man City and what kind of like, you know, what he's seen, the insights he's had from Guardiola, I'm sure he's going to be able to pick up a few things and just maybe use some of those, you know, what he's learned from Man City of how to win titles, might be able to do a job like that. You know, you just don't know. Yeah, only, only time will tell. But, you know, obviously, Chelsea have some money, which always helps. Money money in sports does solve a lot of the problems. Most problems in sports, to be honest. Yeah. I know Chelsea next season, most definitely, they're going to, you know, definitely improve on their squad. They've got the money. I mean, the big news, the big news was in the week, beginning of the week when Man City, have, you know, they're... Um, 
ban from Europe has been overturned, and that was a, a big, big news for them because now they're just all guns blazing now. Yeah, it's big news, but I'm with Mourinho on this. There, there, there has to be some sort of repercussion for them. If you're paying a ten million dollar fine or ten million euros or whatever it is pounds, we don't know what currency is. It doesn't really matter. Then there is some level of guilt, and there should be some sort of repercussion. So, how do you go from two years to no ban? It should have been a one year ban, in my opinion. If there was anything, if they wanted to use COVID as an excuse, but. At the end of the day, those lawyers that Man City have paid for have done an outstanding job, and <laughs> I guess credit, credit to them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, is there going to be an appeal from UEFA or whoever it is? I don't know. I mean, has anyone got the time and energy to continue this? I don't know. I mean, but Mourinho is definitely right. I mean, it doesn't make sense. There should have been some sort of ban and some sort of repercussions should have been made. But there's always the other side of the coin, and obviously Man City are... They they think they're totally innocent, and yeah, so it, so it goes on. So what is, what is your prediction for next season? Who, who's who's been top four? I think Man City is going to win. I'm win the league. That's a bold statement from a Liverpool fan. Win the league, yeah. After what I saw the last few weeks from Liverpool, now it's not happening next season. So uh, I'm just saying that that's a bold statement, but yes, that's my statement. And, and, and in honesty, if, if you look at both benches, right, and again, Liverpool's first 11 is capable of beating more or less anyone, but the scary thing next season is they're talking about these five subs that are going to remain. Again, if you look at City's bench compared to everyone else in the Premier League, it's just frightening. It is frightening, yeah. But and obviously now add to it as you join this off-season. The, the thing is, with Liverpool, though, and, uh, and I say one thing that we did have that worked for us this season, the amount of injuries we had. We did have injuries, but there weren't massive, massive big problems. Like, we didn't have an injured Van Dijk. Yeah? And we had Henderson, we had the Milners, we had the Lallanas, the usual suspects that get injured. But, and Salah might have had a couple of niggles here and there, but majority of the time, the main players, the main core players of the team, have always been available. Whereas Man City, the Aguero, he's starting to get injured quite a bit, and that's a bit of a worrying sign for them. And we didn't have any injuries with Sadio Mane, or many injuries with Sadio Mane and Firmino. So whatever our you know, backroom staff are doing, or the, you know, the, the team at the back they're obviously doing a great job um, and obviously Klopp whatever he's doing in training seems to be working as well and I think that again it comes down to the way that Liverpool have gone about the the training regimes and stuff there was a lot of talk about the training regime that's made a massive difference now Man City obviously when Guardiola came in he made some changes and he's he's obviously I don't know. I mean, they have had some massive amount of injuries this year. And why that is, it's, 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 it's another question that he needs to answer, Guardiola, because there, there has been a lot of injuries. Laporte. So you're going, with, you're going with Man City first, second, Liverpool. Who would be third and fourth? I'm going to say third, Tottenham. Um, third who? Tottenham. For some reason, I just feel to um, uh, Tottenham's going to be a much better team coming next season. I don't know. I think I've seen a different side to Mourinho, and I think he'll be a Mourinho um, that's gonna play a bit more. Did you? 
the Southampton game. Was it, was it the Southampton game? Who did they just play? Today, Leicester. Yeah, Leicester, sorry, Leicester. I don't know why I had Southampton in my mind. But the Leicester game was a prime example of how Mourinho plays. He won 3-0. Right? Now, Leicester had 70% possession, right? But Tottenham won 3-0. That is a typical Mourinho way of playing football, where they defend, they stop, the, they soak up all the attack, and then one counter and a goal. And that's pretty much what they did for all three goals. Now, if Mourinho is going to adapt that way of playing, which, which he did when he was a manager at Chelsea, then I think that, yeah, going forward, that could work for them and they will do well. Because they've got some good finishers, the likes of Son and um, Kane. And obviously, um, Lo Celso is looking really good. Um, Lucas Moura is looking good. And their defence is pretty decent and I don't think they're getting rid of any of the players because there was a lot of talk about all the world going and Yeah. But I think I, I think a lot of the listeners will strongly disagree with you. But I guess uh moving on, who do you think will be fourth? Chelsea. So if Chelsea signed Koulibaly, then what? I think Chelsea's a serious threat to Liverpool for that second spot. Absolutely. But it depends on who they sign. I'm going by what's what is here right now? Obviously, we'll have this conversation come the beginning of next season, and then we'll it'll be a different, you know, different one to four then. Yeah. And so, so if you're if you're Pep Guardiola, and you know you've got two strikers at your club, and you've got a couple of guys that can obviously chip in with the goals in De Bruyne, Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, etc. But you need a out and out number nine that's available. Age doesn't matter. Who do you go and sign right now? Who are your top three strikers that you would call? <sighs> it's an interesting one. Um, I'm struggling to think. You know, I would, I would uh, personally, I would try and look to sign Harry Kane. It's not a bad idea. I think still scored 17 goals in the league this season. And how many games was he not playing? <laughs> the bulk of the season, which is frightening. And, and yeah. the two goals today were uh, quite impressive. And, and I take that back. It's not 17 goals in the league. 17 total goals scored in the season so far, which is still pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, and the thing I say, I, I've said this for quite a while. Harry Kane... If he continues the way he is, and if he stays in the Premier League, which I think he will, he will break Alan Shearer's record. Yeah, I personally think Harry Kane will be sold next uh, summer. Two? To, uh, a host of clubs out there. It could be Real, it could be Juventus, it could be Man City. There'll be a lot of takers for him. I also think we've forgotten that. I know I've said we're speaking about the top four. We can't rule out Man United because the way they've ended this season, they're looking pretty decent coming come next season. I, I really do think that whatever Solskjaer's done there, it's, it's worked, you know, and, and they've got some great players as well. And, and that's why I'm surprised that you put Spurs above Man United in that. See, for me, it's not necessarily the, the order is probably, it, I, I'm in agreement with you that I think Man City is going to win the league next season, it'll be Liverpool second. Because it's always tough to defend the title. Yeah. And then I think third is going to be Man United and fourth will be Chelsea. And I think the top four is, is locked in. Because again, all those 
four teams are going to strengthen, and everyone else is obviously playing catch up. So that's what I'm surprised about. You're yeah, but about then the again, then then again, the, the thing is with Man United, although they had a really good end to the season, I don't rate Solskjaer as a great manager. I really don't. I think he got lucky with the acquisition of Bruno Fernandes, and obviously the COVID situation helped out because he got some of the players that were injured. And they came back and obviously they performed. So, you know, the likes of, I think there was a few injuries where Rashford was out and he wasn't looking to come back to the end till the rest of the, for the rest of the season. Obviously the season halted out in March. So that helped them out, right? So Marcus Rashford is a very, very important player in their team, as you know. And obviously Pogba came back and he saw all, the, all these players playing really well and he's, like, he's got in the act as well. But is that going to be something that they can do come throughout next season I don't know I mean it's, it, I, I don't think they can and that's the problem I think, I think, I think they'll give Solskjaer one more year and, you know let's say they finish fourth this year next year naturally they see him finish third and even for a club of Man United size uh, with all the clout that they have that I don't, still don't think that's going to be good enough and then once you know he completes that season next year there's a lot of uh, people at the Euros that are managing that will be available Ronald Koeman is a name that really, really stands out. But I don't think Man United are going to go for Ronald Koeman based on what he did at Everton. But on the other hand, Barcelona would obviously take him because he's a club legend. Yeah, they want him, don't they? They've yeah. been talk about that. Um, I don't think that's a bad shout for Barcelona to get someone like Ronald Koeman. But yeah, I mean... Go back to the strikers. Come on. You said Harry Kane. Which are the two that are out there? It doesn't have to be Premier League. It could be anywhere. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm really that... I'm struggling here, man. Bab, help me out. Give me some names. Chiro <laughs> uh, Mobley from Lazio. Proven goal scorer. Well, for Man City? Yeah. Hmm. Lazio does play a very, very similar style of football to Man City. Obviously, you don't see them much because, again, you may only see it because I know you don't want Serie A. You'll obviously only see the teams that are in the Champions League or... Europa League respect. Lazio did, did well, they were doing really well this season as well, weren't they? Yeah. They're second at one point. And then another one, if if Man City really want to stick it to Liverpool, they go out and get Kylian Mbappe because Kylian Mbappe would go to them. Oh. And you don't want to hear this, but I don't want to hear that, man. Let's just change that subject. Kylian Mbappe is coming to Liverpool. Yeah, in your dreams, man. In your wildest dreams. And if that happens, mate, that will be a wicked dream, mate. Yeah. Atalanta, I keep talking about Atalanta. Like, I've seen them a few times this season, and that Atalanta PSG game is going to be a pretty high scoring game. But they've got a guy called Lucas, sorry, not Lucas, Luis Muriel, and they've got Duvan Zapata. And they're both double digit goal scorers so far this Zapata, season. Zapata, I've heard a lot about. Yeah. But I mean. You've got, you got Musa Dembele at Lyon. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that you don't hear about that can come in and become superstars. Yeah. And they're kind of in the same mold as Raul Jimenez. So. Jimenez is another one that they should look at. I think yeah. if, if Man City got a Jimenez, because remember, Jimenez is great in the air, he's great on his feet as well, and he's quite a, quite a potent goal scorer, if I'm honest with you. It, is, it does remind me a little bit of Harry Kane in the way he, he finishes as well. He's really um, clinical, isn't he? Let's be honest. Right? And some of those Wolves players, I mean, you know, you've got Diogo Jota, you've got that Neto... Um, you know, these players are great. I mean, they're really good good players, like quite nimble in the fit. And they, they would fit a Man City type of team. Yeah, I think they would. 
team, you know, definitely. And I think, again, with Jimenez, that wouldn't be a bad shot. And they probably can get him for a good, decent fee as well. You know, it won't, yeah. it won't be bank-breaking for them. And they might just want to do that, you know, get a Jimenez in. Um, Kevin De Bruyne just has to keep putting it in his head and he, he's going to keep scoring. And I, I don't think that's a bad shot. I mean, Aguero yeah. is not going to go anywhere now, is he? So, no, no way. I mean, even then, if, if he retires, he'll probably go back to Argentina. I think a lot of these players, you know, they have that sentiment in them that their final season or final two seasons, they'll just go back home and play in their domestic league there. Uh, so you just mentioned Kevin De Bruyne. For you, PFA Player of the Year? No chance. Why? I'm going with um, Jordan Henderson. Fair enough. Sounds like a bit of a biased Liverpool fan here. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, I'm biased on this one all the way, mate. But if anyone deserves yeah. it, it's him. No, I, I do partially agree with you that you know the PFA Player of the Year should just generally come from the champions. I, I I never always agree with that. You know, many seasons I've said this that I don't agree that it has to be from a you know a Premier League winning team. But you've got to look at the fact that what when he's been in the team and the Liverpool team. The way they've he's been a true leader, and at the end of the day, you know that we were Liverpool were a, a nearly team all throughout these years, and for them to actually go and win it this season, that has to be given to him, man. Just pure sentiment side, whatever you want to call it, and the fact that he's been so underrated all throughout his career. Everyone, you know, there was talks of Alex Ferguson writing his autobiography how he runs and he's never going to make it as a top player, and for him to win the win the Champions League and the following season win the Premier League he needs to get it yeah well fair enough I mean you're entitled to your opinion I think some of the fans will disagree but I personally think that it's already been given to um, Henderson I've, I've you know there's been talk match of the day said it already Alan Shearer and Ian Wright both said that Jordan Henderson deserves it they, they said that they both said it was out of Kevin De Bruyne and Jordan Henderson, but Henderson deserved it more this season. Fair enough. And I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> so I take it you're going to say Kevin De Bruyne? I think so, considering uh, he was injured the previous season and he's come back and he's pretty much set that team alight. You know what? Another good good shout. I would, I, I would say give it to a goalkeeper. Nick Pope. Nick Pope. Oh yeah, Nick Nick Pope. Man, that guy just keeps keeping clean sheets. It's unreal. It's unreal. I mean, again, I, I would say Nick Pope. Also, another guy who absolutely deserves it. And it's, it was a shame that it didn't work out for him at Liverpool. But Danny Ings. Whoa. He yeah, just Danny doesn't stop is... scoring. Could you imagine if Southampton... Ings looks like him and uh, Shane Adams have a decent relationship. But yeah. could you imagine... Troy Deeney and Danny Ings up front next season. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting no, because, one. It could because, work. Because, look, Ings will pick everything up, right? Deeney's, Deeney's a rough player. He'll play second fiddle. He'll he'll win the balls in the air. He'll knock it down. And the way Danny Ings likes to take you know a couple of defenders on and shoot, I think that could be a... a don't be surprised if that happens this off-season. Um, yeah, I mean... It's going to be interesting what Troy Deeney decides, you know, because at the end of the day, there's, almost, there's only so much a player can see, especially that a captain of the team, and he keeps seeing that managers come and go. I'm sure it must be in his head now that, you know what, enough is enough now. 
I mean, how old is he now? He must be 32-something. Something Something there or thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, so if he's at that age, is is he going to really get a shot at any of these bigger teams? So-called bigger teams, I would say. Um, And I would personally think that Southampton are in a lot better position, um, obviously, than Watford. So would they want to take a risk and get a player like Troy Deeney? Especially um, where he's he's the captain, a leader of Watford. Coming into a team like Southampton, I don't know if he would. He wouldn't be the captain, obviously, because Award Price is the captain. So would that work for him? Is that what he wants to do now? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, the transfer talks are going to be coming in. So Bav, it's your job to keep the fans updated on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, hey man, what happened the other day when we spoke? I, I told you we should have done an emergency podcast, but you didn't want to do it. No, I just I I was really really um I, I've already spoken to the fans about this already and I said I was really um really annoyed with the uh, the way Liverpool played and you know in particular I was really annoyed with Van Dijk to be honest. You yeah. Know, mistakes like that can't happen, you know, and it's just it's just un- unbelievable. There were not one mistake but two mistakes. We were walking that game and we gave it away. And let's be honest, that was that is what happened, Bav. I know you're yeah, I, I know. I know. Uh, listen, I, t- I told you privately that I don't see us beating Liverpool anyway. And I think I even said that on the podcast last week. But, you know, and even yesterday I told you that, again, privately, and we say the word privately, but everyone needs to hear it, <laughs> that Arsenal would win yesterday. And you were like, nah, I don't know what you're on. This, that, nah, I did but say that. Happened? I ain't going to lie. I did say that. I'll, what I'll... happened? It's... it's... Shocking. I mean, it's Arsenal, isn't it? I guess this is what Arsenal does. You know, yeah. when you don't expect them to win, they win. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, I'm happy for Arsenal. Don't you know? I'm really am. I, you know, and I've said this to you before. I've been to the Emirates with you as well, and yeah. I, you know, Old Highbury went a few times there as well. And I've I've said that I've got a soft spot for Arsenal. Always have for some reason or another. Like like the players that played for the club previous times, and you know what. I'm happy for them. I mean, you know, they deserved it. I thought the Man City game was a real good one for them because I, I thought that they did, you know, the way they defended, it was great to see. I mean, you know, we haven't seen that in Arsenal teams come last few years, especially. I mean, it's been diabolical at the back. But, you know, what the Man City game, they showed up and, they, you know, the players that we didn't expect, you know, showed up. So, yeah, it was great. I mean, your goalkeeper's looking good as well, Mike. Yeah, Martinez is. Listen, it's going to be very difficult for Leno to come in and displace him. I don't think they should be looking at Leno. To be honest, I've said this before to you as well. I don't think he's the answer to your goalkeeping problems. You know, you do need to go and sign a a top class, a top level goalkeepers, especially because Arsenal's always had decent goalkeepers. Buying the last few goalkeepers. Dean Henderson will take any of them. Yeah. No, absolutely, Bav. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting what happens with Arsenal because, obviously, now Arteta's in. There's going to be some wholesale changes, definitely. And I, I think you guys could be you know, getting some good acquisitions, mate. I really do. I think, will Arteta get some of Guardiola's um, contacts and use them? Most likely. I mean, there's talk of John Stones, and I, I, I'm not really a huge fan of John Stones, but I think John Stones would be an upgrade 
based on some of these mugs that we still have, and I'm going to use the word mugs because, in my opinion, that's what they are. They are mugs, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and even someone like John Stones, you can come there, you know, play a couple of seasons and do well and use it as a platform to maybe win himself a move to, you know, a foreign team. And it doesn't seem to happen a lot lately. We don't see too many English players going abroad, but yeah. I'd like to see that change. You know, if there's one thing I'd love to see change, a lot more, you know, British-based players going abroad and testing themselves in other leagues. It'd be a nice thing to see. No, absolutely, Beth. But, mate, we've ran out of time now. Um, so it's been nice speaking to you as usual. Hopefully, the next time I speak to you, you'll be even, even more happier when you find out that, yeah, you know, we've won the FA Cup. Well, that's in two weeks, but I know we have a podcast next uh, Sunday with the uh, league finale. Should be an interesting one. I might have to skip that one because I think that Liverpool might lose again. <laughs> no, I'm Yeah, fair enough. All right, on that note, goodbye. Take care. Take care, mate. Have a good one, Bye. mate. Bye.